Safety Chick Rules, the podcast with incredible stories of survivors, experts, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things, all with the mission to fight the bad guys. This isn't your ordinary true crime podcast. This one gives you the tools to live a safe and empowered life, fighting crime one tip at a time. Hey, Kathleen Gallagher, the safety chick here. And you know, recently, an NFL player named Carl Nassib came out as gay in a video he posted on Instagram. He's the first active player to do so. His motivation was not for notoriety, but more to raise awareness. In his post, he states, studies show that all it takes is one accepting adult to decrease the risk of an LGBTQ kid attempting suicide by 40%. Whether you're a friend, parent, a coach, or a teammate, you can be that person. You know, raising awareness about issues is what this show's all about. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things in order to help make change for the better. My guest today has had his share of adversity and stood up for his rights and others as part of the LGBTQ community. Mike Verdugo was a Hollywood, Florida police officer who believes he was fired for reporting co-workers who were harassing him because of his sexual orientation. A court battle ensued, and Mike won. He is here in studio with me today to share his story. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So first of all, I think let's just start at the beginning. Why did you want to become a police officer? Oh, Ever since I was a kid, I used to dress up for as Chips. Remember the show Chips? Oh, yeah. I'm, which, I'm sorry my which, age here. Hey, which one were you? You know, Punch. Hello. <laughs> so uh, I just loved it. I wanted to help. That's, I always had that in my mind, always instilled that I wanted to be a cop. It was just always something that was in me. I can't explain. So then when did you decide and did you go into the academy at what, what age were you? Uh, I was 23. 23 when I got into the academy. So... I was there at 23, and I was there for about 10 years. Where were you, were you hired at originally into Hollywood, Florida? So originally I was hired with Lauder Hill Police Department, and I was there for about two years. Lauder Hill's a smaller city in Broward County. So I was there for about two years, and then it, it's a small department. So I wanted to go to a bigger department where I can grow and excel and move to different departments. So that's why I picked Hollywood. And then what, what year did you uh, get with Hollywood? 2001. Wow. Okay. And so over the course of time uh, with the Hollywood Police Department, you became a SWAT uh, Correct. officer. Correct. Yeah. So I was on SWAT for about two and a half years. I was able to, um, I was really able to excel at the beach patrol for about two and a half years. Then I got on SWAT. Um, and then I was actually undercover. I don't know if you know that. I was undercover for the last no, three years. The last three years I was undercover. So it was amazing. I had a lot of, uh, all my, majority of my cases were out, out of state. So I was in money laundering. Were you, oh, you were money, were money you laundering. teamed up with like a task force? Correct. Yep. I was with, in a task force out of Miami. With, so. um, just with FBI, with everybody? So or we had who? 17 agencies in that task force, FBI, DEA, ICE, all of us. So it was a bunch of us. And again, I was the, um, I was the cousin of the, uh, one of the big drug lords and I would go pick up money for him in different States. Whoa. It was interesting. Wow. And so how many yes. years did you do that? About almost three, almost three years. Okay, so, you know, moving forward. So how many years is this now that have gone by where you're working and uh, loving life, you know, really doing the work and enjoying the work and um, embedded with the department and 
you know. So, I mean, I was uh, right towards the end. I mean, I was there for almost, I was with Hollywood for almost eight years because I was with Laurie Hill for two. So I was there for almost eight years. And then at what so. point did things kind of start to go south, so to speak? Um, so I dated someone that was on the police force. So he was, um, he was, well, we weren't out. But you then were not we out? We were not out. But so again, I was never in. How, do you, how would you say? Yeah, I was, exactly. You, you, I was never in. You know, I've never come out to anyone. That's my biggest thing. I'm like, I am who I am. If people ask, yeah, or they hear from someone else. But I was never, um, I didn't have to come out to anybody. So, but he was, had never been with any guy. And we went to the academy together. And he went his way, I went my way. And when I got to Hollywood, because he was a cop in Hollywood, um, I called him first. I said, how's Hollywood? You don't want to I'm looking for, to get hired somewhere else. He said, I should come here. So I had no idea that he was gay. He just was in the closet. So we ended up dating, people found out. And, um, and that's when you hear the little remarks here and there, because we were dating a coworker. So yeah, so what, um, were there any other uh, gay men in the, well, no. that you know of, that we, let's exactly. be honest. Here. Well, no, I found stuff out later on by other people. Okay, I'm not gonna put their stuff out there. Right, but, right. Um, no, we're the only out ones. Yeah. And how were you outed? Um, it was a dispute. I had one of my exes that came along, and he kind of outed me at the department. So it, the whole thing transitioned, and I was outed in a sense where everybody knew. But again, and it was never hiding. Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah. So was it from there? Uh, did once you were outed, Pete, you know, officers that you worked with that you knew that were friends, did anybody change their attitude towards you? Honestly, not really. Not, it was only, I got to say, it was only a handful of people. And it was more of the admins, the administration. And it was a particular sergeant that had an issue with me. The other people, I got to say, were pretty cool. All the people I had were always, around me, were always cool. I never heard anything or to my face, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone was pretty cool. It was that one sergeant that I had an issue with that when it went all the way up to uh, where it went to, um, he actually got sent to sensitivity training. That was his. Uh, oh God, I've had I've had shows um, on sexual harassment training and all that, and we, we talk yeah. about all that training. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. you know it actually um, in the studies that we were uh, doing on um, sexual harassment in the workplace and the training was setting people back, believe it or not, because it put people that were going through the training on the defense. And making them feel like get a chip on their shoulder and not really, it's doing the opposite of what it's supposed to be doing, right? And and you feel so alone because, so the first thing you do, the first thing that's said, they're not supposed to take you out of the unit you're in. When, if you go ahead and you, uh, you know, you make the accusation, you go through the chains, you go to the chief, you you know, or you go to city hall, which what I did, they did exactly what they were supposed to. They took me out of the unit. They're supposed to take that other person out of the unit. Right, exactly. Okay, wait. You've got to back up for a minute before we get into that and hold that thought. But what? give me examples of what the guy said or did. Because for the listeners and viewers out there, you know, they could be going through this very thing right now. And I, I would like you to kind of articulate and take them through your journey um, of the things that were said. And at what point? Because you're so... Thick skinned. I mean, Mike, you are. I yeah. Mean, and things don't. You're not. You're not a, a drama queen, so to speak. You know what I mean? No, you're not at all. No, not at all. So, at all. what was it that was going on there? You know, it was just. It was off remarks that he would tell me in the office of just him and I. We're in the office, and he, you know, it was my sergeant time, and um. It was. I don't. It was these just 
bizarre comments he would tell me that were they sexual comments? Yeah, it was just about me and my boyfriend at the time. Like he would just make fun of us. He was making fun of us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And kind of just belittling me all mm-hmm. the time. So mm-hmm. I got to a certain point, which really sucked. Was, Did he use names? No. Call no. you names? Or just innuendos? No, innuendos. That's why, like, he knew the line. He knew, you know what I mean? He knew. He was a smart guy. Right. But it was still making you feel, look, at, in your gut, in your core, you're not yeah. an idiot. You understand what's going on. And, and I it's can take a lot. F- yeah. Like, I don't, like, shit rolls off me, you know what I mean? I don't care. So, you know, it got to that point where I really felt like, man, I got to say something. Like, this is like, you know, it's gone too far. Right. And, you know, in a sense, I would never have done that, but unless I felt. Okay. So who did you first say something to? So I try to keep it. This is, this is, this is the crazy part of it. I try to keep it. So I was in the task force and I try to keep it within the task force. I didn't want to go to the police department just yet. My police department. I kept it within the task force. So was he your sergeant in the task yes, force? Was he? But he's also my sorry. He was also uh, from the, my state police Hollywood. department. Okay, got it. So crazy enough, at the at that time, the head of that task force was also gay. So then he couldn't look like he was backing me up. So he played the reverse, and he yeah, it was really like. So then I went to city hall, and I filed the uh, EEOC complaint. Well, that was just like. So you're supposed to, they're supposed to like have your back in a sense and not say anything that's going on. Well, everyone knew. I'm just like, so at that point, I'm like, wow, there's like really no one to turn to. That's the problem. And, and that is, I mean, there is protocol. There, that is why people. They don't say anything for that reason. You, you shut your mouth. I mean, yes. you know, rape, sexual harassment, women, you know, the, it, it's, it's terrible. Yep. It's ridiculous. And it's just, you know, it's got to stop. We have protocols in place for a reason. Millions of dollars have been spent on trying to, you know, put together through HR all these programs. Well, shut the hell up and do your job. Yep. I mean, it's ridiculous. So you went to City Hall. That backfired. Correct. So, again, I was taken out of the unit. I was put back on the road. So, um, you know, which, which I was fine. But, I mean, I knew they were going against everything that they were supposed to. Um. And they just, again, they left him where he was at, his cushy job, you know what I mean? They left him there, and they pulled me out. Did you ever have any uh, interaction with him after? Um, no, not really. No, because we were detached all the way in Miami. So, you know, even like, you know, I would never go to the police department. So I did not see him again. So then, would they put you back on the street in Hollywood? Correct. And who is, yeah. do you have a partner, or were you just... No, uh, in just, your car. Yeah. Yeah, by yourself, you drive here. Um, so... Then you're doing okay. And on the side, by the way, you were in, in your other life, you were a designer, Correct. interior designer, yep. right? Yep. And so when did that, what's the show called? It was an HG, HGTV show that Design you were- Star. Design yep. Star. Oh, season three. Yeah. And so yep. you were cast for that yep. and you were on the show. And what happened? So I'm going to give you everything. I want everything. I want- uh, we can all handle it, Mike. We can handle the truth. I, I think I'm, I'm not, I, I love And here's the point. It. The only, <clears throat> honestly, you know, we've had everybody on this show and I don't care. There is no moral. I always say, I don't care if I, I had, you know, a, a, 
two prostitutes, a, a girl that was rescued from some from sex trafficking. And I'm like, I don't care if you dance on a pole or a soccer mom or a soccer mom that dance on a pole. No moral judgment. Everybody has the right to do whatever. I just want you to be safe. I just want yes. you to make smart personal safety choices. That's that's my whole thing. Could care less about anything. And yes. all right, so keep going. Yeah. So um, going back, I did the show, and obviously, it's a big show. Yeah. So And you were kind of the hot guy. What was your nickname? So, Mike. Mikey Hotty. V. Mikey V. I was going to call you from now on, Mikey V. So right. It was great. It has a good ring. It was, I'm not going to lie. It was great. I love doing it. Um, I love design. So back, I'm going to go back now. So when I was 19 years old, 20, 19, um, I did a soft porn. All right. Where were you? At living? In Miami. Oh, okay. In Miami. So, but in the, in, in the porn itself, there was no sex. It was all role playing. All right. So again, that had to surface because someone dug it up, someone found it, so it surfaced. So it got to my police department. So right there, all they did, they called me. Who was the someone? Who do you think I was this? I don't know. You know what? I always say everything in life happens for a reason, and I'm glad it happened. Yeah, I wouldn't no, be where absolutely. I'm at. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Exactly. Because all those cops hate life. They're miserable. They hate being cops. They don't want to be there. Right. So right. I always say, I'm like, oh my God, would I still be pushing a patrol car? Probably not, but still. So I would say everything leads you down a certain path. And, um, and the thing is, I want to stop right there and, and make it clear. You loved your job. You were very good at your oh, job. Yeah. Your, your passion was law enforcement. It wasn't that you didn't like it. You were forced out of it. Yes. And so, I never, never had an IA against me. Like I was like, I had the cleanest record while I was there. Right. So um, I, they just called me in and they said, you were going to be on admin leave for fact finding. So what fact finding is they got to find facts. They got to find out why, or they got to find out what they're going to put, you know, kind of like, what are they going to get you on? Right. In a sense. So they fired me, um, based on, well, they put me on admin leave for six months, was going through the whole thing. But their thing was that I did not put the porn movie as a job. So I lied on my uh, application. That was their fact. You were 19 years old and you did like a, a one-off, no pun intended. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, for some movie that you didn't even have a say, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, even if I did have sex, I, it, the whole thing was, well, that wasn't a job because it was, a, it, it was did, in a sense under $600. It was a 1099. It was something off one yeah, time. When you think of, re when I think of resume, there's a difference between a resume. Like I'm at, I was at this job from this time to this time. It wasn't like I was at this job for six hours. Exactly. That's ridiculous. So that was like the biggest thing. So then again, the media caught wind of what, kind of what was going on. And um, God, like one week alone, I did over 30 something stories. I mean, this, this interviews. story went interviews. How it, did it go viral? It, so, well, because you were on HGTV and you were a fan favorite. And then, and then that the came media out. picked it up and then it got on all the covers of the magazines and then they just started going with it and the story went international like within a day and it was huge and I was getting reached out and I was doing all these interviews and what were you thinking what were you thinking at that point were you afraid were you shocked were you embarrassed what no, was going on? no no I wasn't because I wanted to stand up for the fact that again you know it was it was directly because I was gay. I always say if it was a straight guy with, with it was a straight porn, a big high five down the hallway, you know. Yep. But um, to me, it, since it was a gay porn, it was just like we don't want anything to do with this guy. You know what I mean? Right. Quick. It was real quick. They turned their back on me. Um, so that's kind of like I'm like if I was embarrassed, I wouldn't have done all those interviews. I mean, I did all those interviews 
telephone, you name it, right. everywhere, media, you did the circuit. everything, the whole circuit. So um, I just wanted to get my, you know, your this, side of the story yeah, out there. And then in that, you know, and that kind of like led into, um, you know, 29 states, you could be fired for just being gay. So it was like, uh, it's called the end of rule. You know what I mean? Employment non-discrimination act. So it was like, now I'm fighting for that. So other states can have it because we don't have it. So they could just say, hey. How long ago is this? They don't have it now? They don't have it now still. Are you kidding me? Over 20-something states still don't have it. Okay, we have to do more on this. Yeah, it's called that's, ENDA. That's insane. So, yeah, they try to pass a bill. They've, the bill's been on the, on the table so long. They keep, you know, they don't. They, well, but do they already have, like, within HR, within discrimination, with all the, the, the laws that are out now, are they saying that that's already pretty much covered under the whole blanket of firing for di- discrimination for, mm. you know. All of it's that. It's a fine, fine line. Again, you know what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna get like a, a lawyer on here, somebody that would represent that and be able to articulate it, and then you and I are gonna hammer him. I would love see. that. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, because and maybe we'll even get a politician. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Ooh. We got things to do. All right. Keep going. Um. So again, so I did the circuit. I did everything. I said my story, and um, they stood by me. The, you know, it was crazy how much support. I, oh my, it was it was crazy all the support that I got from the public. Public, yeah. Um, it, it was, yeah. So I did my thing. And again, so they offered me my job back. Which really? I didn't want it back at that point. Yeah. How can you go back to whatever? I mean, yeah. maybe go somewhere else. Yeah. But you know, and, and then again, I just, you know, my 10 years and then kind of like, you know, just kind of like, well, a sour taste in your yes, mouth. Yes, exactly. So I didn't want to. So I fought them and we, you know, they, we actually, they went ahead I and mean, they were just trying to get me in every angle. So they went ahead and tried to strip me of my certification. So then I fought them on that and I flew to Tallahassee and I fought them. Certification of being a law enforcement Correct. officer? Like, you know. So what, you'd have to start all over again or Well, what? no, I could never be a cop again. Oh. So they tried to get me on that, you know, afterwards. And uh, I ended up going and I won that. And um, meaning I can go be a cop somewhere else if I wanted to. So, because I fought hard, you know, went to the academy. I did 10 years, no issues ever as a cop. What was that, what were the hearings like? What was the procedure like that you had to go through to fight to get your, to keep your certification? Um, well, that was just, that was one court battle that, that we went through. But leading up to that real quick, so we, you know, you have where you can do an arbitration. Mm-hmm. So we, we chose the arbitration. So that's very tricky because you pick one, they pick one, you pick one, they, and you end up with someone, Right. You know, I'm not going to say who we ended up with, but someone that I already knew was, was not going to go I my know. way. I've, I've been in arbitration too, and I fully, and I've been through a hideous divorce. Yes. So I fully get it, you get it. on that. It's so I knew the from right Civil there. arbitration, right? Yes. Civil. Oh, it's such a. And I knew right from there, right when I saw the person walk in, I'm like, well, we're done. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I was in a fight anyway. So, you know what I mean? And I knew it was going to lean their way. I said it from day one. So, and again, I, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Sure. I always say that. True. I'm glad it happened. Um, I had a good run. I enjoyed it. I left. To me, I left, you know what I mean? With, With your hel- head yeah, held high. high yeah. And hopefully, you know, raised awareness and made a difference uh, for anybody else going through um, that that might happen to. And now I see so many, what I love, sorry, I see so many cops that are open now. Like, yeah. back then, like, that wasn't like, back yeah. then... I don't want to get cops. Well, that's why that's why I started with, um, you know, um, Carl is that he's the yeah. first. Yeah, I mean, listen, actively playing. There have been many, 
And there are many. Exactly. And that's the point. We are in 2021. And you're kidding me. You're telling me you still got to be, you know, in the closet. It's ima- it's insane. And I feel sad for those people because they do. They, oh. they, that, you know what I mean? That's that, that's their mindset. And I, you know, and I know some people that come out with three kids and they're 50 something years old. Yeah. And I do, too. And it's sad, but that society was done to them. Right. Right. But don't you feel... I mean, it's for the younger generation. They're coming out younger and younger. Yeah. I mean, my brother, my brother, um, who I love, Rob Gallagher, if you're listening, I'm going to cry. And his husband, Kevin Kerner, have been together as long as, I mean, shoot, since the flipping late eight, mid to late 80s. Right. And the wonderful gift that they gave. I have three boys. And the wonderful gift that they gave them is that. You know, I never discussed gay or anything with my boys, right? And it's funny because they love their uncles, right? They just love their uncles. And each one of them, each one of them is four years apart. And it was right around the age of like four or five where they kind of go, oh, (laughs) I get it. (laughs) They're not brothers. (laughs) But, you know, none of my children are the least bit, you know, homophobic or whatever, because they grew up in love and they don't see, you know, that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's. And we share that in common. My brother's gay as well. Right. And and oh, my God, we share something else. Incredible. So Kevin Kerner, if you're listening, Mike's brother is the director of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, where my brother-in-law, Kevin Kerner, has been a member for decades. One degree of separation. It is. And here, yeah, yeah. here we are in a, completely across the country now. And um, it's I, just insane. I always say, and I give it to my brother, he was a pioneer. He was, he was out. He was never in. Yep. Well, that's so, what I love, is that he and you yes. were, um, you know, and how were your parents? So my dad left when I was very young. So... And ironically enough, my dad's super cool with it. His brother is gay, which wow. is my uncle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So his brother's gay, um, who's an artist. It's crazy enough. And uh, my dad left when I was like two months old or something like that, very, very young. But my mom was never okay with it. So it was uh, kind of weird. She was very religious. Well, yeah. I mean, that's and that holds a lot of people up. I mean, religion can be a very positive thing, but also yeah. it can really screw with reality. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was straight. I was engaged to a girl until I was 21 is when I finally came yeah, out. Yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, my brother had a high school girlfriend and, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, it really, it's 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 tough. But I, again, I, I feel and I hope that for, you know, with all the education and all the programs and the accepting of society, like I'm saying, my, my children don't look twice at anybody yeah. that is of a different sexual orientation to get care less, you know? And I, I, I strongly believe that more young people are like that than what you and I, what our generation Absolutely. went through. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's changed. It's, it, and I love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me what you're doing now. Actually, I know what you're doing now because <laughs> you bust my your butt. butt every week. He has <laughs> the most, seriously, what you've built is Phenomenal. How many? Oh, so, well, tell. So, I'm the owner of Body Tech Fitness. Um, we have several locations throughout South Florida. Um, I joke because I always say I was ADD, so I can never just do one thing. So that's why I love hit training. Oh my god! 
I do so, too. You know how it is. Hit, we're yes. quick. We got. I'm always. He's so like. Oh my god. I I I feel like I'm on crack when I'm doing it. He's like next, 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 and you're going in. I just get down doing the chest press thing. And I get, I get up. I'm like Jesus. At my age, it takes the hardest part of the workout is getting up and down, getting up off the mat. You're it's, killing me. It's it's muscle confusion. It's the best. So it really I mean, is. I love doing it. So how did you? When did you? Because all right. So you came out. Let's just finish up with you came out of that experience correct and then where did you what so did you I do? always had my uh, I used to own a home staging company which is slash interior design so I did that for for a while while I was a cop as well and then I started doing um, these kind of boot camps I would say out of my garage just with friends just with friends that's just how body tech was born and um five months into it I would have 30 40 50 cars around my block wow I lived in a color sack so at this point, like, everyone's like, well, you need to find a space. And I'm like, I'm like, at that point, I'm like, this is like for friends. I'm just doing friends, hanging out, we're right. doing classes. So I'm like, all right, um, I'm going to get a space in Davie, little warehouse. I'm going to do it. And um, Davie just, we blew up so fast. And then I got Wilton two months later. And then I got, I opened up a Winwoods location two years later. And then just kept growing and franchising in San Antonio. Then we, friends, we kept growing, growing, growing. And took a life of its own. It really did. So how many? I know that you had to close some because of yes. COVID. Yes, we were um, closing two of our studios because of COVID. Um, so we have four franchises, and we have our two corporate that we own in Davie, and we own one in Wilt Manors. We had to close our two Boca and our Winwood locations because of COVID. Well, the the workout itself. I mean, you could franchise that. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but it's way better than Orange Theory or anything else that's out there. I mean, seriously, it kicks your ass. Thank but you. it's Oh my God, it's like going to the nightclub. You guys have the best music. It's a party with weights. It's a party. It totally is a party with weights. Exactly. And and cardio and everything. And it, yeah. yeah so. I would say cardio is included. We sneak it in because everybody yeah. hates cardio. You don't have yeah. to be on a treadmill for half But an you hour. know, I got to tell you, I, I, you do just enough because I freaking hate cardio. I might too. But you do just enough to make me not hate it. Yes, we you sneak know, it in. You sneak it in. You yes. do sneak it in. And I, I have to, every time I go in there, I do strategy. Like, where, where do I want to end? Where am I going to start? Where am I going to end? And yeah, anyway. So, all right. Circling back around, and I just love this entire story because, again, it's a story of tenacity, perseverance, and belief in yourself. You know, yeah. no matter what life gives you, life is hard for everybody. For everyone. You know, no matter what your sexual orientation, no matter who you are, you know, everybody has something. And so, again, it's ordinary people doing extraordinary things all for the greater good. Yes. So if you had... You know, one piece of advice to, to somebody out there listening, struggling, maybe our age, going through a work issue or younger or whatever, you know, what would it be? Don't stay quiet. See who you talk to, first of all. You know, open up to that person around you. Get the advice, but listen to your gut. Yeah. Listen, your gut will never lead you wrong. I always say that. If it wasn't for that, because there's so many times I didn't want to, I'm like, oh, should I do it? And then I look back, I'm like, I'm so glad I did it. Well, I'm going to read what I took out of an article that you, your quote, because this is, you said, I'm fighting for rights, not just for myself, but for millions of Americans who have to fight against discrimination. Yeah, and that right. says it all. Thank you so much Thank for being for here in me. studio with me today. I'm going to come tomorrow and you better not kick my butt. Can't promise that. Okay. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye. So as we do on the show, you know, the safety chick rules. And so for this one, 
I just want to say, if you or someone you know in the LGBTQ community is struggling or contemplating suicide, please contact the amazing nonprofit, The Trevor Project. They provide crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to the LGBTQ community. The Trevor Project is a 24-7 hotline. Let me give you the number. It's 1-866-488-7386. That's 1-866-488-7386. And the website, www.thetrevorproject.org. I'll have all that information on my website, safetychick.com. And again, my Instagram, at the safety chick, Twitter, at the safety chick. And um, just remember, if you have any questions, any issues, anything you want me to discuss, reach out to me on any of those channels. Keep the great messages coming. Until next time.